Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome to the show. A lot going on. You got the Chiefs and the Broncos tonight. I do not think it is hit rock bottom yet for the Broncos. Is this all Sean Payton's fault? At Maggie and Pearl uh, on Twitter. Just because the team is not only losing, they look lifeless. I think that does go on the head coach, and Perloff thinks that it's just the roster is rotten. Yeah, I mean, how many head coaches in a row have had the same problem there? At a certain point, uh, if history keeps repeating itself, it's not the coach, right? You think Bill Belichick could get this team to play well? Not I'm now. not certain about anything about Belichick. <laughs> if you had asked me this a couple months ago, I'd say yes. But now everything I think about Belichick has been thrown into yeah, a blender. I do think there, the regret in Denver, and I've seen a little bit, is we should have hired D'Amico Ryans, who looks like the real deal. He's now in Houston, and I think they wanted to hire him. It's very confusing. There was a big mess with Harbaugh, Peyton, and Ryans there. But uh, I, I think the problem is the players. I think they should trade everybody. I think you'll see it tonight. Watch Jerry Judy run a route. And just tell me, tell <laughs> me. Is specifically triggered by Jerry. Jerry Judy. Oh, they did a play uh, he, against the Jets where it was a sweep or something, and they gave it to Judy, and he lost about six yards. The fact that he didn't get the line of scrimmage was unbelievable. Wait a minute, was that the double reverse that they ran? The moment that well, that both was the of, Mims one. Okay, yeah. that was the Mims one. I'm like, because that that one was on Sean Payton, not to go back to do X's and O's from yeah. last week, but. All of a sudden, the Jets' two starting corners are out of the game, and they start running double reverses. Throw the ball downfield. Well, I mean, the problem is not the offense. Obviously, they're they're in the top half of the league in offense. They're thirty second in every. They're actually, yeah, they're thirty second in every single statistical category defensively. They're the worst defense. They're trending towards the worst ever, which yeah, is not good. That is hard to do. Uh, let's flip over the college for a second because Kentucky and Georgia. Uh, do not play each other this week, but the coaches have gotten into a little bit of a back and forth. Let's start here with Mark Stoops, the head coach of the University of Kentucky, who is basically trying to implore his uh, fan base to donate more, but takes a shot at Georgia. Fans have that right. I, I give it to them. It, you know, I just encourage him to donate more because that's what those teams are doing in in. Uh, in, uh, I could promise you in Georgia, they, they bought some pretty good players. You're allowed to these days, and uh, we could use some help. That's what they look like, you know what I mean, when you have 85 of them. So, so uh, I, I encourage uh, anybody that's disgruntled to, to pony up some more. Okay. I mean, probably could have done that in an email. I don't know if you needed to the boosters, if you needed – to publicly air out your donor base like that. Like, hey, everyone, open up your wallets. There's so much funny stuff. Does 
85 sounds ridiculous, but then you look at Georgia's roster, the fact that they lose 12 first-round picks every year and have another 12 first-round picks, so probably are 85. I have so many issues with this. First of all, why, it dawned on me, the fan bases are paying for all these players. Where does the money from that Dr. Pepper and Microsoft ad? That there's, there's so many ads in a college football game. This whole thing, like, Kentucky fans are supposed to open their wallets so they compete with Georgia. Anyway, that's besides the point. Yeah. The other thing, too, is, like, this is Kentucky football we're talking about. Right. Like, when, who are they to compete with Georgia? Has Kentucky football ever even been in this picture? Well, no, I mean, Kentucky football under Mark Stoops is, like, riding as high as it's ever been. Like, Kentucky was, like, Kentucky football was like, oh, let's pass the time before basketball starts. I mean, yeah. and Stoops, to his credit, definitely has them competitive. But here's what I would ask. Like, I know that there's this idea that NIL evens the playing field. Oh, big time. Okay. But in this particular instance, whether it's someone who's thinking about going to Kentucky or going to Georgia, if you put the same amount of money in front of a kid and said, we're going to give you 50 grand to go to Georgia, we're going to give you 50 grand to go to Kentucky. What do you think that kid's picking? You would almost have to triple the amount that Kentucky would offer to try to keep that kid from Georgia. Like, I think it's... it's mm, no, I, I don't think that's how it works. Oh, I do. Because here's the problem. If you go to Georgia and you're not playing your marketing value goes down. So Kentucky can get the scraps. They can get the they can get them as juniors because they can't get on the field with Georgia. So that's why it evens the playing field. Uh, see, I don't know. I still think that maybe getting a chance to win a national title as opposed mm. to you go to Kentucky, you're going to be a bowl, in a bowl game, which again, this is credit to Mark Stoops. He's done a lot with that program. But you're not, you don't have the profile of Georgia. Like you're not going to be playing for a college football championship like you are if you're go- if you go to Georgia right but now. But what spreads it out though is those five stars used to sit at Georgia all the time right. and now it doesn't happen as much with Georgia. It's been happening more with Alabama. They leave. So you can't stack five star at five star, five star. That's where I think the evening out comes out. Not in the recruiting process but in the transfer portal. Okay, but I've asked you, are you seeing that they're actually getting the same guys as Georgia, even if they're offering the same money? I don't think they are. Well, maybe not the first go-round, but I don't know. At Georgia, like, why would you go... If you offered me 50000 to be the starting linebacker at Kentucky or to be a third string at Georgia, maybe that's a reason to go to Kentucky. Well, if you believe in yourself and you feel like, all right, I'll start as third string, but maybe I will get on the field and I'm going to, yeah. you know be part of this pipeline from but, Georgia to the NFL. Listen, now those guys are all, obviously Georgia and Alabama, they're all leaving. What do you think Dion's all about? He's right. he's picking these guys off who are not getting the playing time they want or just don't like the system or something. So, I mean, you can't argue that the sport is more even now. There's got to be 15 teams that are still alive for the national title. Okay, that's fine. But if you're talking about the difference between Kentucky and Georgia, I think you're talking about the difference between Georgia, Alabama, you know, Kentucky to me, this is not, I'm not disrespecting them. I'm giving them a lot of props for what they've done with the program, but it's still a second tier SEC team who's hoping to, you know, beat the Mizzou's and the Vandy's and those I mean, teams. It's just amazing. We're talking about Kentucky football in, in I October. Beaten, I know they've beaten Florida the last they couple years. They just killed Florida. I know. And they've done it the last couple years in a row. But I would ask you this also about Mark Stoops. Like, do you think that the Kentucky booster? Do they feel like they can get to the next level? If I just give ten thousand more dollars or twenty thousand more dollars, is that really putting me on the same playing field as Georgia, LSU, and Alabama? I they might just be sort of maxed out. Well, that could definitely be true, but I don't think that the Kentucky Booster ever thought, "Hey, we'd be a top twenty-five team." Fair. So, and also they had obviously. I think everyone agrees Mark Stoops is a good coach, and yes, and everyone knows Liam Cohen can design a run game. Yep. It didn't work against Georgia, but. I, I think there's a lot of excitement about that program. 
here's the thing. Every, I mean, Dion is a perfect example. You can pick up guys from other schools. Who is Colorado? I hate to say Colorado is obviously a little unique because it's Dion, but is it really that unique? That's where we're headed. Okay. Transfer portal, transfer portal, transfer portal. Okay, but think about it. You can't, for as, again, for as good as a coach as Mark Stoops is, he's not on the same level as Dion Sanders in terms of recognition, like uh, fame. Like Dion's got yeah. another thing that's pulling kids to Colorado that I think is not just the money. It's the amount of attention that you get when you go there and playing for a Hall of Famer. Yeah, but we see, look at the top 10. It's nothing but transfer quarterbacks. So, okay, Dion is getting these guys, but we have the big Washington Oregon game. Yep. We have two very much transfer quarterbacks who had full careers at other. <laughs> yeah, you know, you look did. at Oklahoma, Texas, yeah, you got to have a same. transfer quarterback. So I do think, and Kentucky has a transfer quarterback. I, I think there's much more parity, and I think it's all because of NIL, because guys want to get on the field. So I understand what you're saying. Yeah, obviously, I, if I'm a superstar, I'm going to Georgia. But I do think a lot of guys want to play and get that marketing money. Tom, you wanted to weigh in on this. I just don't think we want this NIL. We want it to level the playing field. But the reality is it doesn't. It still doesn't. Georgia's at the top. Alabama's at the top. The cream of the crop is still what it was. TCU was, it was in the legal. final game last year. And look at them now. They fell off immediately. Yeah, but you're going to have these one-year runs. And you might have a couple this year. Who knows? I mean, I, I don't know. When Ten years ago, it was always the same four teams. Every year it was... Alabama, Ohio State, Oklahoma, and maybe Georgia, right? Now at least there's a thought that someone new is going to get in there. But those teams you just mentioned, look where they are right they're now. Still they're the still right there. <laughs> they haven't gone anywhere. Meanwhile, I, you do. You might get the one-offs with the TCUs. I think you're going to see it more like what we had in the NCAA men's tournament, the Final Four. That's where you're going to get a lot. FAU uh, and, I you think know, you, I random. Think you, yeah, you don't think a Big 12 team? I think you could have a Pac-12 team and a Big 12 team in the Final Four this year. There's been two Pac-12 teams ever in the Final Four. That's way different. I mean, yeah. don't you think Washington or Oregon's going to make it, whoever wins this game? I do. I think that's setting up for it. The only thing is, is I think this could be a function of that COVID year is still like in the ether here where guys are 25 years old playing quarterback. As you said, both of these quarterbacks yeah. that we're going to watch had like full careers other places. I don't know. I th- feel like it's a whole new sport. I think there's so much more parity. It's a combo of NIL and, and the transfer protocol. Yeah. Transfer protocol. Did yeah, I call sure. it the protocol? Yeah, whatever. But, the portal. Yeah, that thing. Uh, Kirby Smart did respond, by the way. Uh, Georgia head coach was asked about Mark Stoops' NIL contract. Interest in, in, in you know money from his fan base for his collective, and we're all trying to do the same in terms of trying to get money for our collective. I don't. I mean, Mark and I talked about nil pregame, and uh, we talked about it in our meetings. So I'm not I'm not biting on that. I, you know, it's funny that just a year ago. It was fighting words for one coach to say about another program that they buy their players. Remember, this was Saban called yeah. out Jimbo Fisher, and it led to this whole thing that lasted like 72 hours and was pretty glorious. Now, one coach says one team buys their players. The other coach is like, yep. Yeah. Well, <laughs> We're not I mean, pretending they, anymore. One coach is a two-time defending champion. The other is Jimbo Fisher. Not surprising. <laughs> I, that was such a flex right there by Kirby Smart. Be yeah. like, yeah, say whatever you want. I don't care. Do not care. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. You do have Missouri uh, traveling to Kentucky. Georgia taking on 
Vandy. I'm into Missouri, by the way. I might yeah. jump on that bandwagon. I could see that for you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Eli Drakowitz, let's go. <laughs> coming up, can Notre Dame's defense stop USC's Caleb Williams? We'll get the answer to that. Don't move. Maggie and Perloff continues. This show is sponsored in part by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in the way, Perloff? Like, you know what you should do, what's good for you, but you just can't do it. Therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. Sometimes it's just a matter of talking things out so you can get a better understanding of what may be standing in your way, even if it's you. You know, we've all been through some unpredictable times over the past few years, and it's not a sign of weakness to ask for help. If you're starting to think about therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MNP today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot slash M-N-P. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. Okay, Dion playing on Friday in Colorado, Stanford. That's screwing up my whole weekend plans here. I never... <laughs> Why? You got a big Friday night plan? Well, I don't pencil... College football into Friday night. That's like my one pass because the weekend is you're on your couch for basically 24 out of 36 hours. So I don't even know. I couldn't watch Dion last week. I don't. I don't get the Pac-12 network. Yeah. Wait. I'm sorry. Do you have like you have like plans or something? Like this is really disrupting you. You've got Friday a big night. engagement to be. We we go to bed at nine o'clock at night now. Well, okay. Think about your week though. You have yeah. Monday nights football. Yeah. Thursday nights football. Yes. Saturday all day football, Sunday is all day football. So that leaves three days for either baseball, yeah, or non sports content to catch up on Netflix. I'm watching the the Beckham documentary and it's spectacular. It's a story of David Beckham growing up and it's 1990s England fashion. It's great. <laughs> I've never seen <laughs> more frosted. Yeah, it's all about the Spice Girls and frosted tips on men. It, you would love it. it. It's like a time machine. Yeah, I would love it. Uh, well, let's welcome in our first guest of the day. I'm sure he would like this too. It's Mike Golick Jr. on behalf of DraftKings. Gojo, good morning. Thanks for waking up early for us. Of course. No, good to talk to you guys. It's been a while. Wait a minute. Okay. 
Were you a guy who had the frosted tips in the nineties? Were you trying to go boy band? No, no, I never, I, I never had the wherewithal for that. I've been a, basically outside of my freshman and sophomore year of college. I was a straight buzz cut guy my entire life. I didn't have the audacity or the gall to actually go for the frosted tips. I just looked on from afar. <laughs> never went mullet. You never tried it. No, no. You know what? And that was a mistake. While I did have <laughs> the hair that I did, so again. I, growing up, I was a buzz cut guy. I went to high school, and I went to a Catholic high school that didn't let you have hair past the collar on your shirt. And so I got to college my freshman year at Notre Dame, and I grew my hair out. And really luscious locks, good mm. curls, especially in the humidity. But I never realized my family's full legacy and went for the mullet because my Uncle Bob probably one of the better mullets of yeah. all time uh, during yeah. his time in the NFL. And then I'd say by the middle of college years, so... I left a lot of meat on the bone, which I regret. Do you guys think that <laughs> Sam Hartman's hair is somewhat distracting? It's spectacular. It looks like Cat Stevens, and nobody knows that reference because Cat Stevens is too old now. But if you look him up, he looks just like Cat Stevens. It's glorious. I'm actually sitting in front of a computer right yeah. now, so I'm going to pull up an image of Cat Stevens. It's, it's, uh, still, like Cats in the Cradle? It's yeah, actually. just oh, like him. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's <laughs> there it is. Especially, like, See the thing is, is when he like gets when it's kind of wet during the game and he almost slicks it back. It's a little, but now right. I can definitely see what you're talking about here. It is distracting though. Sam's done a really good job of cultivating a lot of follicle growth, yeah. and now it's gotten to a point where he's probably achieved, I'd say, the height of this look. And everyone else just has to kind of bask in the glory of it. But how's the rain going to affect his hair for all those cutaway yeah. shots? You think it's going to be good? Not the passing game so much, but how does it affect the hair? I had a friend describe him as unnaturally wet to me during games, so I think it's only going to – it'll at least take the un off that. It'll be naturally wet. The rain will be the thing soaking it. But, yes, it's kind of where he's been trending already. Uh, Michael Jr., he's got the Gojo Show. It's presented by DraftKings, does a fantastic job. And, of course, massive uh, Notre Dame, well, alum, fan, all of that. Um, all right, so you get a second crack here at Caleb Williams. His line wasn't amazing last year when he played you guys, but obviously they won pretty handily. How does the defense stop Caleb Williams this time around? So I think the challenge with Caleb is always – you know, as a pass rush, you've got to do your best to collapse the pocket to contain because the most deadly form of Caleb Williams is once he's able to break out of the pocket, but also it's when he's got too much time back there. So you've got to kind of rush with some aggression. You can see the problem he presents, as I described this, is you've got to find that perfect balance of, all right, you want to send the rush after him. You want to maybe try and spy but you also have to make sure that you're not letting him scramble around because this USC offense, you have so many deep developing routes, so much to push it downfield that what it ends up creating is a ton of space in the middle ground. And so easy checkdowns to running backs or small routes to receivers end up going for big yards after that clock ticks four, five, six, Mm. seven seconds into the play. And so that's really, I think, the thing you've got to guard against the most and I would say for USC's run game, which especially if the weather comes up could be more of a cog, it's a pretty simple formula, right? They like to run those Denard Robinson-esque RPOs where it's Caleb Williams in the backfield, he's doing the read option on the end, and then if he pulls it, he's got a tight end right out there in the flat. And they hit these for some big gains because they create so much space in the passing game. What I think Arizona did such a good job of in this last game is they made him hand it off. You brought two blitzers off the backside. You made sure that you put the end right in his face. 
so that he has to give it off to the running back, and you've got to trust the rest of your defensive front seven to be able to go and handle USC's offensive line, USC's running backs, because the lesser of two evils is that. You don't want Caleb Williams with the ball in his hand any longer than it has to be there. What about on the other side of the ball? You know, this USC defense obviously looks like Swiss cheese. Everyone can throw on no, it. Don't but, say that to Lincoln Riley. Yeah. He says that's a media narrative. Right. But, okay. We, we, <laughs> we have seen it. But I feel like Marcus he Freeman. Yeah. Yeah. He said there's a narrative out there that the defense is bad. And so you have, you know, oh. one bad game and all of a sudden the media jumps on it. Oh, okay. Well, that's, you know, I, I, listen, I have a lot of respect for Lincoln Riley. I'm not going to make, make fun of one of the better coaches in college football or anything like that. But I, I, guys, I was amazed. I didn't get to stay up. I had just finished calling a game. And so I went to bed because I, the last time I stayed up for a multiple overtime finish, I got three hours of sleep with Colorado and Colorado <laughs> State gave us that classic. I was amazed at how physically Arizona was beating up USC up front. Like, it wasn't just holes were getting opened up. It was bodies were getting dropped. And so I think for all the things USC did in the portal, I mean, Notre Dame, it's the perfect opportunity to lean back into your identity. It is going to be cold, windy, and rainy potentially. You're going up against defense that just got pushed around. Tighten back up and run the ball the way you did against NC State and Ohio State. Like This doesn't need to be a hard formula. Put it on the ground. You should have two backs pushing for 100 yards in this game easy. I thought you could throw against USC, too, though. So you don't think that – and Marcus Freeman doesn't want to do that anyway. He's going to try and slow it down and, and keep the ball out of USC's hands, right? Well, I think that's the best version of it because it's not – I've always said this for Notre Dame, that ball control style of winning football works really well because it's not outside of what you do. Notre Dame wants to be an O-line, D-line-led program. And in this era of football in general, not even college but the NFL, so much of it is pass to set up the run. Your pass first teams – Leagues are set up to be passing leagues first and foremost. And with Notre Dame, you've got a great quarterback. So you'd think that's the case, but still a young skill group that's been kind of banged up this year, doesn't have a take-the-top-off-the-defense kind of guy. And so I think you've got to be a run-to-set-up-the-pass guy. What got them in trouble against the likes of Duke is Duke was just built well inside the middle. You have two Notre Dame guards who are making their first start at the beginning of this season that went up against the two senior captains on Duke's team on that defensive line. Dwayne Carter's going to be a future NFL guy. And so now there's none of that that exists in the middle of this SC line. Bear Alexander's a good player, but you guys see, you can run, you can do most anything. So I think it's got to start on the ground for Notre Dame, and then it's got to work its way to the passing attack that when it's got a little bit more space, when it's got time and rhythm, especially in the quick game, that's where Sam Hartman and this group have been at their best. Mike Golick Jr. is joining us. Of course, you can listen to Gojo and Golick on DraftKings Network. You guys do a fantastic job with you and your dad. It's awesome. Um, let's talk about Marcus Freeman for a moment. Uh, Gojo, have you seen enough from Freeman to be fully behind what he is and what he's about? Yeah, I'll listen, especially like getting to spend time around him. You've got an an unbelievable human being who understands the things that make the university special that's gone out there and recruited well. And then I think he's going through some growing pains as a head coach. Like I keep reminding people, this is the second year he's done this ever. Like not at Notre Dame, not at the power five level, not at the high division one level. It's the second year he's ever been a head coach. And so I understand certain things that come up, the 10 men on the field stuff from Ohio state, inexcusable, can't happen. Absolutely. No way. No how. The rest of it I looked at is this was a part of the bargain when we signed him up for this. I thought there was an admission amongst Notre Dame fans like, hey, 
there were going to be some things that popped up we had to work through. And there's been a lot more good than bad. We know Marshall and Stanford last year, bad. Nobody had a good time with that. But, no, in, in general, I've got a lot of faith in what Marcus Freeman has been, been doing here with what's going on with the staff. But I, I do understand the realities of the sport, as I can say all those things. This is not rational actors. These are not rational people that are going to be making the decisions on the other side of this from the outside looking in. And so you have to – this is must-win territory for Notre Dame, a three-game slide, even if it is during eight games to start the season without a bye, even if it is your fourth straight night game, prime time against a ranked undefeated opponent. Nobody else cares about your problems like that. And certainly Marcus Freeman understands that. This team understands that. you got to go out there and find a way to win this game on Notre Dame's side. And – Quite honestly, it feels just as much much win on the other side for USC, who is still in the heart of the playoff hunt, is playing in an unbelievably dogged Pac-12, especially yeah. on the top end of the conference. So it's uh, it's high-stakes poker at South Bend on Saturday night. All right, speaking of Pac-12, I got an impossible question for you. We have a lot of uh, listeners in Washington and Oregon. You can build a team around one quarterback, Bo Nix or Michael Penix. Who are you going with? Ooh, man, it, it's so fascinating because I, I was thinking about this today about, you know, because I'm going to be calling this game for I do college football national radio for Learfield Saturday nights. And I'm going to be calling this game this weekend. And I'm thinking about, you know, the open, how we're going to talk about it. And the one thing I settled on is I think I trust Michael Penix the most when things are going right. And I trust Bo Nix the most when things are going wrong. Like when the thing when the play breaks down and you've got a guy that breaks contain, man, Bo Nix can do some special stuff. Now that we've harnessed the good and cut out the bad from the Auburn version of Bo Nix and gotten to this point, and he trusts Troy Franklin and a lot of guys in this receiver room. Ferguson is tight end, and then on the other side, when Michael Penix Jr. is operating Kalen DeBoer and Ryan Grubbs' offense that he knows really well, going back to his time in Indiana, this guy is weaponized plutonium. He's got such a strong arm; he puts the ball in such special places, especially down in the red zone. So if I was going to build an offense around one quarterback, I would probably start with Michael Penix Jr., but it really is splitting hairs. These are two special quarterbacks that have both for the last two years been the engines behind the best offenses in college football. I might give the slight edge to Michael Penix Jr., but it's by a hair, guys. We are so lucky in this game. Gojo, I know you're a massive Taylor Swift fan. Do you feel like perhaps, you know, you missed the boat by not trying to shoot your shot with the you know bracelets and stuff, this could have been you, dude. This could have been you. You know what? I, I I do appreciate the people that say that that act like as if me and Travis Kelsey were on similar footing. <laughs> what I do miss the shot for was at the very least, it's all right. He was trying to you know go on a date, ask Taylor Swift out. This daunting task, biblical, the things that people write songs about. Quite literally, I should have just shot my shot for tickets to the premiere for the movie last night. <laughs> I'm in L.A. It was in L.A. I could have been over there. I saw people freaking out. She walked into a theater full of fans that she had apparently hand-selected where she was going to go in and watch the movie with. Like, I could have at least asked for some tickets there because that seems much more in my range of mm. stuff that was possible if I just opened my damn mouth. Well, I think the tickets went to Beyonce and people like that. Are you sure you could have gotten a ticket to that? Uh, yeah, man, that was, by the way, seeing waking up and seeing that hit the timeline. Like, oh, okay, the two most powerful women in music just cutting it up here. Like, I mean, I, I couldn't believe that. So I did see some actual fans made their way in there, but okay. I would have been seated way in the back away from Beyonce. That's how they do it. They just know to keep me very far away from anyone of value. Listen, in our minds, Gojo, you, Kelsey, you know, this is similar, similar, you know? 
Spider-Man pointing me. <laughs> Listen, thank you so much. Have a great call on Oregon, Washington. That's going to be awesome. Good luck to your Irish this weekend. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Appreciate you. Mike Golick Jr. Gojo and Golick is the name of the podcast, DraftKings Network. Yeah, it's that's interesting about Bo Nix and Michael Penix. Those two guys are flying so high right now. If, it's going to be weird to see one of them lose on Saturday. Because, right, I mean, nothing has gone wrong for either of them all season long. No, it's been incredible. And you're right about the stakes, uh, not just for Notre Dame with, you know, what's going on with their season teetering, but also for these two teams. Like, whoever wins this gets such a leg up and going to the college football playoff. I mean, we were talking about parity. There's going to be a Pac-12 team in the Final Four in their final season. It's the best Pac-12. And I bet you they're going to be good at basketball, too. It's great. It's the way (laughs) the universe works. All right, Andrew Bogish is here with some headlines. Good morning. Good morning again. Headline sponsored by Northern Tool and Equipment. Get the tools you need from the brands you trust. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com. We're made for this. Seven consecutive ALCS appearances now for the Astros. They closed out the Twins in four last night, 3-2 in Minneapolis. Jose Abreu, a tie-breaking two-run homer in the fourth while Jose Arquiti and three relievers combined for a three-hitter. Then they couldn't figure out who should lead the post-game champagne party. Manager Dusty Baker didn't want to do it just yet. No, 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 no. I'm doing the World Series. You do this. Okay, so he's saving it for the World Series. You just, would like that, Perloff. You think that the celebrating after each round is, is premature. I don't Why, it, now that we have all these rounds in baseball... Can we get rid of the celebration? You say there's tradition behind it, but they, we never had a wild card all those years ago. It's silly, right? Can you imagine the the Eagles or the Niners celebrating a wild card victory? That would never happen in other sports. I like it. Anyway. Yeah, you like the goggles and like, yeah. Anytime you can spray champagne on each other, I mean, you got to take those opportunities. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I think you got to act like you've been there before. So Dusty wouldn't do the toast last night. Justin Verlander got the honors and began to talk about how long their road to this point was. And then he remembered. I wasn't even here. Did something slip through my editing? <laughs> you missed no, one, I think buddy. you got half the. No, <laughs> I missed it. one that I heard. I didn't. I listened to that cut yeah. at least nine times, and I didn't hear that until just now. By the way, Bilotti got it. It was all over. So, talking about been there before, seventh what? Was that his seventh? Their seventh ALCS. ALCS. That's a, the Ash and, and Verlander. How many for him? I mean, jeez. Uh, four, maybe? Yeah. Can they pick somebody no. else to do the speech? I know. I mean, what are we doing? They they were pointing at him. I understand, but why him? Give it somebody to Altuve, Bregman, somebody who's been there the whole time. Yeah, I don't know who did it. Oh, this was their first series. I don't know why. I mean, Wait, I was Verlander on the 2017 team? He was, right? That's when he got traded? Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was. And yeah. also, he, had, he got to the playoffs five years in Detroit, too. That dude has been in the postseason. He's been there. Yeah, I know, but not this year. Not this year. He was with the Mets for most of it. He should thank the Mets for being a bum when he was there and that he was able to get back to Houston. (laughs) That would have been a weird toast. I'm just glad he remembered that he wasn't an Astro until, like, last Tuesday. (laughs) Because it's this is a long road. We all battled. We were hurt. And it's like, wait, I wasn't even here. Oh, wait a minute. I was in Port St. Louis. Um, 
Oopsie. My bad. Anyway, um, so that was the party in Minneapolis after the Astros won. They partied in Arizona, too, after the Diamondbacks finished off their three-game sweep of the Dodgers with four big swings. Couch 2-2 two on, two on Moreno on the pitch from Lynn. And a shot to left center field. Back she goes. Are you kidding me? Oh. Gabby Moreno oh. hits it out anyway, and it's 4 nothing Diamondbacks. And Lance Lynn is just kind of staring out at center field. Greg Schulte on Diamondbacks Radio. Gabby Moreno with the last of four solo shots off Lance Lynn. All in the third inning. The first four homer frame ever in the postseason. Arizona a 4-2 win to give the Dodgers their latest playoff disappointment. The spot alongside those D-backs in the NLCS is TBD. The Braves took a 10-2 beating last night, allowing six homers. They now face elimination in Game 4 at 8.07 Eastern tonight. So uh, at did least... you see the stare down? The Bryce Harper stare down? Sure did. Of two Orlando Arcia? I yeah. mean, two of them. I don't think what Arcia said was that out of line. Well, it was a little... Remember in the... I'm not comparing Bryce Harper to Michael Jordan. I am not doing that. But yeah. do you remember in the last dance okay. when... Who was the guy on the Washington Wizards before Jordan got there, obviously? He oh. said, good game, Mike, after they beat him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was nobody, right? Yeah, it was like a guy. It was like a no-name guy. Like Jordan, a journeyman. And Jordan played him a couple weeks later and dropped like 50 on him. That's what the attaboy, attaboy Harper, So when, okay. he got, when he got doubled off of first to end the game on Monday. Harper was generating bulletin board material for himself. Yeah, I think so. I mean, he no, he actually said attaboy Harper. But like, yeah, that's, but so not, what? that's not that bad. Yeah. And he's staring him down. I don't want to talk about that series. I'm, I'm so afraid of jinxing it now. This is... This is too good. It's Wait, not about too you. good. Now you don't want to talk about it. Last hour, you complained to Bogus that he well, didn't talk about it. Well, I want Bogus to yeah. talk about it, but I don't want to no. talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Maggie just compared Bryce Harper to Michael Jordan. You did do that. I, it was. I had to you make said, a point. You said I don't want to do it, but then you just went and Le did Bradford it. Bradford Smith, thank you so much. Oh. Yeah. When he said, good game, Mike, and then he came back and just destroyed him. Uh, Thursday night football is half good, and we at least get the Chiefs. The Broncos are the problem, but KC is a little banged up. Travis Kelsey and starting DN George Karloftis are game-time decisions this evening. The Colts put Anthony Richardson on IR yesterday. Then head coach Shane Steichen said there's no timetable for the rookie QB to return from his shoulder injury. It's a, He might get surgery, I saw. Yeah, maybe two months out. So we may be signed up for a lot of Gardner Minshew right now. Well, how about this? Just shut him down for the season. What do you – Gardner Minshew can win you games. Do you need Anthony Richardson to come back this year? You've seen the flashes. You know well, what he's got. You don't need him to come back maybe for – to win the South, but you need him to come back to just play. Yeah, get a few games under his belt for yeah. next year. Because next year, I think you're all in if you're in the rookie quarterback contract. Tons of talent around him. Okay, but think about what you're setting up. Say Minshew continues to keep them in the race, which is not crazy considering it is the AFC South. And he's pretty good backup, too. He's, he's a very high-end backup. Yeah. So say you're staunchly in the race, and it's like week 15 or something. You're really going to bring back Anthony Richardson and give no. him the starting job if you're on the brink of the playoffs? No shot. Well, listen. Shut him down. Yeah, they're okay. But if they lose this game, I think the momentum's already going to start to roll for Jacksonville. Same thing happened in Jacksonville last year. They went to London, galvanized. They could go to four and two if they beat them in Indy, which they probably will. I mean, they beat them in Jacksonville this weekend, so I don't think they're going to be in the playoff race. Are you guys see the Colts as a playoff team? I don't know. I just don't trust a lot of the other teams in the. But South. you're absolutely right. That'd be silly to bring him back in Week 15. He's hasn't played in two months. Like, yeah, his shoulder is obviously a very sensitive thing. Although, although 
You think Deshaun Watson's a wimp for not playing with a shoulder injury? And never said wimp. Never said wimp. Not in. The, I'm not in his body for me to be on the couch thousands of miles away. I can't call him a wimp. However, I just said it's a little odd for the quarterback position when guys are medically cleared to play and they do not play. Yeah, the only counter I would have to that, I think a sh- a shoulder for a quarterback is a different animal altogether, and that's what we're talking about with Anthony Richardson. You don't want to rush him out and then have, you know, there have been guys whose whole careers have been messed up by that shoulder. Oh, I get it. But at the same time, you're paying Deshaun Watson more guaranteed money than anybody. You just had a division game that you basically had to lose because you had a backup quarterback. Now you've had a bye week. Now you're going to play the 49ers. Right. But if you have a $200 million contract and his shoulder's not 100% and he really hurts it. Who's then... 100%? Who's ever 100%? But shoulder, when yeah. your shoulders mess up, your mechanics go all off and you're risking like another injury. And then you could have no Deshaun Watson for a long, long time. Listen, I understand it. I just think it's it's a little it's not something we're used to seeing mm. when guys are medically clear and they don't I, play i give any quarterback who says my shoulder doesn't feel right i do not want him playing and i don't care if the medical staff clears it like it's your shoulder yeah but you could argue that a 70 percent to sean watson or 50 percent. i don't know if they put a percentage on it is better than 100 percent dorian thompson robinson <laughs> and pj walker yeah. yeah but you could argue you triple your risk of having a season-ending shoulder okay, injury. You, if you wanted go out Joe there. Burrow to keep playing. I said sit him down. You thought that he should keep playing through the calf. I mean, that could lead to an Achilles. Did it's I say same, that? You I, definitely said that. Yeah, that, that, well, first of all, he's miraculously healed, which is <laughs> I don't so weird. Get it. But I do think the mechanics with a quarterback are very, that's very specific about your shoulder. It's not a pain tolerance thing. That's yeah. not my only point. He's not, he's not being soft by not going out there. He's afraid I'm going to get really injured and then they're going to get nothing out of this $200 million contract. But wouldn't you think that medical clearance includes them saying you're not going to hurt yourself further by playing? Like, but how would they know that about it? How would they know that about a quarterback's shoulder? Only they, they say it all the time. Like, you're yeah. hurt, but you're not going to make it worse by playing. I always think that's weird because I'm like, you could have a 350 pound guy land on something. How do you know it's that, not going to get that worse? That doesn't count. Yeah, right. Well, look at baseball. When a guy, a baseball pitcher has a slight twinge anywhere on his arm, like he's out for three months. Yeah, but right? that's baseball players. But that, a quarterback's a similar in, in no. toughness. It's not, yeah, that's the thing. It's, it's about mechanics. It's not about toughness. Like, this is about risking injury for Deshaun. I mean, I'm sure he could have gone out. He could have shot up a cortisone shot into that. It wasn't pain tolerance. What a, meanwhile, you're like, Anthony Richardson should shut it down for yeah, the same because injury. they're not playing for anything, <laughs> and they're paying him peanuts. Uh, sorry, folks. That's okay. Let's quickly do uh, night two of the NHL season. Career goal number one for Connor Bedard, but it came in a loss. 3-1 for his team in Boston. The Avalanche, 5-2 winners in L.A. Carolina topped Ottawa 5-3, and Austin Matthews scored his 300th goal. Three total last night in the Leafs 6-5 shootout win over the Canadiens, and the Aces thumped the Liberty 104-76 for a 2-0 lead in the WNBA Finals. No team has ever wasted a 2-0 lead in a best-of-five in league history. That's back to you. Andrew Bogish, thank you so much. Coming up, are things already going south between one NFL coach and his quarterback? We get to that, plus the mystery box is still here, yet to be open. Who sent us something? We got no, we have a return address. It's a P.O. box. No one put their name on it. Someone wanted us to receive this today, Perloff. We're going to open it live on the air. Also, you may have seen this. You may not have seen this. I have a headline that I will guarantee will interest you that I will tease that is going to make tonight's game must watch. Okay. Here we go. Tonight's Chiefs Broncos game, that is. 855-212-4CBS. Don't move. More Maggie and Perloff straight ahead. Welcome back. Maggie and Perloff. CBS Sports Radio. Got to hold off on the big headline that Perloff has for me. It's huge. Massive. Save that for the top of the hour. Also, the mystery box that has arrived here at the studio. 
It's um looks rather unofficial. Let's put it that way. Handwritten <laughs> from Oak Ridge, Oregon. Perloff has a guess on what he thinks is actually inside the box here. Let me show it if you want to watch on the live stream, youtube.com slash CBS Sports Radio. Um, it's come from the P.O. box, no name, addressed to us. We will open this at the top of the hour. Super sketchy. Very. Super Wait, sketchy. Is there it's name? overstuffed. Is there, there's no name, just P.O. box. Just a P.O. box, Oak Ridge, Oregon, which we figured out is near Corvallis. Actually, I screwed out, up. It's closer to Eugene. Outside of Eugene. I was he looking at the map. The, the wrong way. Let me see. Is there no name? <laughs> let me see this package here. There you go. And it's not ticking and you can't, there's nothing rattling around there's in no there. There's no powders. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely. Of. Like, why would you put your name on the return address? I don't know. Maybe because we know people, like, if it's from a caller, I kind of assume guys are not using their real names anyway. <laughs> Wait, people are not using their real names? What? <laughs> Is that right? Wait, did you guys see the last last night? This guy's name sounded so made up. The kicker last night for UTSA, University of Texas San Antonio, was playing a game against Florida International, and the kicker's name was Buzz Flabiano. That sounds made up. Buzz Flabiano is someone who would call our show with like a hot take about the, I don't know, Vikings. Okay. Anyway. Huh. Uh, let's get to a relationship that seems like it's already going uh, south might be the word. Frank Reich had some very revealing things to say about his relationship with the owner of the Carolina Panthers, and that is David Tepper. So here's the coach talking about ownership's involvement day to day. He's not going to sit idly by. There's different philosophies in ownership. You know what I mean? Some owners kind of... S- Stay, stay away, and and don't engage a whole lot. Other owners do, and his philosophy is he's going to engage. And um, and listen, it's only been a short experience, but it's been a really good experience. Uh, it hasn't been fun, you know. It's not fun. Those those meetings aren't. I wouldn't characterize them as fun meetings. That's an interesting thing to say out loud into a microphone. Like, if I have a bad meeting or an uh-huh. intense meeting with my boss, I don't come on the air the next day and be like, you know what, Spike and I really had it out in mm-hmm. that meeting. But, you know, we're better for it. Like, nobody – I don't think the fan base needs to be privy to that because it makes you start to wonder what's really going on behind the scenes. Well, I think he's saying it's not fun. Like, he wants to say, hey, we're taking this losing streak seriously. He's trying to uh, explain the gravity of the situation – like, nobody's taking this lightly in the building. We're 0-5. Isn't that what he's trying to say there? I guess so, but it could also be seen as, like, hey, we're we're all frustrated, and now we're pointing fingers. Like, now mm-hmm. the owner wants to meddle, and I'm probably trying to defend myself or my methods or whatever. Like, it, it just cracks the door open for a mm-hmm. lot of speculation. I Well, uh, just speculation that Frank Reich's in trouble, but I read it more as accountability. Mm-hmm. So you have to take, like, the owner, like, the owner is not absent. He wants to win. He's telling the fan base that everybody here wants to win, which is so weird because this is such a bad, this is a double bad situation because you don't have your draft pick. Yep. So there's there's no benefit to losing to being the worst team in the league. Imagine the year where everyone's tanking for Caleb Williams and you're the worst team and you don't have a draft pick. And you have a the quarterback you just took. I know. And I think there's a little speculation there. I'm sure adding pressure to the situation is the fact that CJ Stroud is off to this really great start. You know, Bryce Young, it's been a little tougher for him. He's already missed a game where your boy Andy Dalton came in. But that was the one game their offense actually did, did something. something against Seattle in Seattle, which was not bad. But 
the thing is, is like C.J. Stroud, he's not turning the ball over. He's actually moving the ball downfield. There were a lot of questions about whether or not he was like mature enough. It looks like he's answered all of those. And meanwhile, you know, Bryce Young, it's been a struggle. I can't imagine that's easy. There were whispers before the draft that Frank Reich would have preferred a quarterback like C.J. Stroud just because Perloff, like the measurables on Stroud were more like quarterbacks that Frank Reich had coached as opposed to Bryce Young, who is the outlier because of his size and weight. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a, a little crazy, the the judgments I'm hearing about Bryce Young. Like, you're talking about a bust four games in. And also, well, I'm Bryce, not saying that. No, no, not you're right. No, no. Yeah. But people out there are like already saying he's a bust, he's too short. I mean, he's been... If you watch him, he's fine, right? I mean, like he's just like average to middling. It's not, it's not Zach Wilson bad, is it? Uh, I don't trust that he can put together a game-winning drive, but maybe you shouldn't have that trust when a guy's five games into his pro. No, career. no, no, no. Right, but I mean, Zach, uh, you know, Zach Wilson or or Justin Fields early on. So Trey uh, Bryce Young is sixty-four percent completion percentage, five touchdowns, four picks. He's just he throws the ball away all the time. Yeah. He's just not making massive mistakes all over the place. I don't think it's a total dumpster fire, is it? Uh, Oh, so here's Frank Reich again talking about how they have to simplify things now at 0-5. Every coach would tell you when you're 0-5, what's the answer? Do more? No. The answer is do less. Every coach, the history of the NFL, hey, we're we're 0-5, we're 0-3, we're 0-4, do less, do less. (laughs) Does that mean you gave him too much? Too much? I, you know, maybe, maybe not. I don't know the answer to that. I just know we got to get better. Again, totally understand what he's saying here. Wait, Simplify I don't. Under, I don't understand. But that it's one. like it's almost like oh, when he says okay. do less. Like, hey, everybody, four day weekend. Like, not that. <laughs> okay. No, not do less. Oh, like, simplify yeah. things. God, I didn't get it at all. I'm like, wait, what? I know. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, Frank kind of gave us a little crack the door open here in the last day or two for a little bit of speculation. Like, you know, it's not fun meeting with the owner. We're got to do less. It's a little odd sounding. I mean, listen, we all knew that the, this was a bad situation coming in. Look at the receivers. I mean. Well, they traded away DJ Moore. <laughs> yeah. And now they're looking for a receiver. Like, uh, you guys didn't think about this beforehand? I mean, their starting receivers are Thielen, uh, Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, Jonathan Mingo out of Ole Miss, who was supposed to be good. Uh, it's just not, it's not good. Well, the other part, too, is when he says that, like, the owner is very involved. You remember when uh, they were going around on different pro days and stuff? It was like a convoy, convoy, envoy, whatever. It was a convoy of, like, the owner, his wife, Josh McCown, Frank Reich, and all of the general, you know, the GM, David uh, Scott Fitterer, whatever his name is. It was like they were going from Ohio State to Alabama, like, to look at all these quarterbacks. He's obviously very involved. No fan in their right mind, wants the owner involved. Not one. Talk to Cowboys fans about this. No, nobody wants the owner involved. You want the owner mouth shut, wallet open. Like, that is it. I don't know. I feel like you want your owner to want to win, though. Okay. That's good. Wallet open. Need a new practice facility. Need players in free agency. It's a salary cap sport, but you know what I mean. Like, Open the do- open the wallet for, you know, to make the players happy. All that stuff. Mouth closed. I do not want to hear from my owners. Hmm. But you are, you're a big fan of sports owners, right? <laughs> <laughs> the owner of the Mets tweets every time they lose. Like, that's not helping anything, you know? That's just one example. 855-2124-CB. To be fair, you've had some questionable owners in your sports fan history. <laughs> Thank you. I'm currently banned from a certain building, uh, Madison Square Garden. So we are going to open this mystery box next. What did a 
fans send us this morning. We'll find out in just moments. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 